Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pick Up Your Cross Daily Podcast with your host Trainer Mitch and today we are going to once again exercise our faith and get spiritually fit. So uh, today we are covering uh, the end of Matthew chapter 9 and moving into 10 and shouldn't be a super long episode, probably something pretty quick but um, pretty interesting. Nothing too crazy going on right now, but uh, we'll, we'll get into it. So, the end of chapter 9 here, so this is verse 35, and Jesus is, well it says he's going through all the land, all the cities and villages, and teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel to everyone. And he's basically telling them the kingdom of God is at hand, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing his thing. So that's pretty significant, right? That's pretty important. He's spreading his message, which is like he is he is the message of the gospel. Um, we kind of learned that after the fact, I guess. So with that being said... Once it's kind of discussed among the the disciples, he's standing and he can see the big crowd that he's that's following him. And he was moved with compassion, it says, on them, because they fainted. So I I think that means that they were kind of like they were just kind of wandering around, like they needed guidance. And they didn't have much guidance. And this is when Jesus realizes that, so it says here, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So I take that as he is preparing the way for the church. Because who is the laborer? Like who, who is laboring for Jesus Christ? The body of Christ, which is the church. So I took this as he's preparing the way of the church and getting that started. And... It's, he's starting it. He sees it already developed, right? Because it's not even developed yet. There's no church developed yet. It hasn't been a thing. Um, because we'll get into that in the next chapter. But he's setting the tone for the church to be developed, to bring that into fruition. And he's, he's realizing, like, wow, we need laborers in this harvest. There is so much harvest. I can't do it all by myself. I need laborers. I need helpers. So that's uh, the next chapter here is gathering the 12 disciples. Kind of tells you who the 12 disciples are, um, choosing them, and kind of what happens in those regards. So Jesus gave them power to the he gave power to the 12 disciples 
against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So he gave that power to them. So that's really significant to kind of like not just glance over that and imagine that like there was a almost like a permission granted that okay you can you now have my my power right and this is basically like I said Jesus is kind of like starting his church and spreading his message throughout the land with his laborers and it names them all off right um, I'm not going to go into who they all are um, because you can read that yourself and um, later on it says the mission of the of the twelve and he sent them out and commanded them saying so this is where I'm kind of confused and I wanted to do more research but I didn't get a chance today I didn't have much internet where I was at um, I wanted to look into it a little bit further so I'm not totally sure what this means I'm sure there's a deeper meaning I mean I, I know there is there's history to it uh, but I just haven't got any concrete evidence but it says go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not so he's saying don't go into the city of the Samaritans and don't go in the way of the Gentiles like there's always like the battle of the Israelites and the Gentiles. So are you are you a God chosen person or are you a Gentile? So they were a Gentile was kind of lumped up into like a type of person that wasn't godly or did things that was ungodly with idols and other gods and different things like that. And I'm pretty sure just from like my conspiratorial background of the Samaritans. I want to say that they are one of the first developed um, civilizations and they had some interesting technologies involved and so that's why I want to do more research into what's going on here because there's got to be something because Jesus is telling the disciples don't go there so I don't know if like he's saying don't go there because they're already too far gone or because you know it's too dangerous or you know why is he telling them not to go there or do they already know of God do they already know of Jesus do they already know the things that are going to happen um, so I think that's interesting and it's definitely worth looking into so I'm going to do that um, at some point but yeah so he commands them don't go there and uh, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So the disciples are going to gather the sheep because Jesus is the shepherd, the one true shepherd of the flock. Oh, they don't have a stop sign. <laughs> Almost pulled out in front of somebody. I am not good at multitasking. My GPS is taking me on, like, the weirdest road ever. I shouldn't have listened to it. And I'm, like, on all these back roads, making a thousand turns, instead of just should have stayed on 422 to 119. But now I'm all over the place. I don't know what's going on. 
Um, anyways, where was I? So Jesus is the shepherd of the flock. We are his sheep. And uh, he says, Go preach, saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. So Jesus freely gave them that power, and he's telling them, you need to freely give the way that I gave to you. So, provide neither gold or silver, or brass or purses, um, none of that stuff. Um, go into the cities and town, inquire who in it is worthy. Um, some interesting texts about like picking who you stay with and blessing the place versus not blessing it. And if it's not, uh, where was that at? And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. So, there's a little bit of a deeper meaning there. It's like, you know, you want you don't want any part of that place stuck to you. So it's like an energetic cleansing of like, okay, I am washing my feet and everything off of me from that place and I'm leaving it behind. I'm not taking any of that with me to the next place. Dust off your feet. It's not even worth having it on your feet. Forget all about it and move on. Go to the next one. So, uh, that's about it. That's all I had. And excuse my, uh, my rambling, maybe. But like I said, I'm driving, trying to multitask, watching a GPS, and trying to read the Bible on my phone. So, Probably not the best thing to do while I'm driving, but hey, you know, I got to do what I got to do. So that's what I'm doing, preaching the gospel to the world. And I'm not going to let this stop me. So, yeah, nothing super crazy going on there. But uh, like I said, I think one of the main things that I got from that, those few things, was Jesus is setting the tone for the creation of the church. And the church is the body of Christ. That's That's the identity of the church and we we're supposed to represent the body of Christ and he's setting that up and we are laborers we are co-laborers in the mission of spreading the gospel so I think that's really important too depending on a Christian that you talk to they might disagree but there's text in um, Romans that talks about co-laboring with God and we do that through our prayers and through our actions and following the word of God and listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what God tells us to do. So we can co-labor. We can do things. We can... Somebody once said in a book that I read that if you get enough people together in one room and you're praying, and uh, this happens in the Bible... And you're praying for the same thing, same goal. You convince God that you convince God to take action. And 
ultimately God makes the choice whether he's going to do it or not. But still, if God sees that that many people care about this thing, then that's going to be important to him. So we do co-labor. We do have that effect on God. And if we all gather together and we have one mission and we do actually become the one body, which is our spiritual body, and we are one collective spiritual uh, representation of God, and if we truly tune into that, we can achieve amazing things. God will work directly with us and use us in every way possible. So, with that being said, that's all I got today. Um, Hope you enjoyed that little tangent there. So, uh, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.